everybody. Welcome to Weekly Dish. I haven't had my full Solid coffee. Solid start to the day. I have not had the full coffee yet. This is Stephanie March. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese. Oh, good morning, my friends. It is so nice to be here with you today. It is fun, right? I've been hungry for weeks getting ready for this episode. We have so much to talk about. We do, we There's do. There's so much to talk about. Are you handling the heat? Are you okay? I'm doing okay. I'm wearing a, a tiny little romper business that's inappropriate <laughs> for my body type, but I'm still just going with it. But damn the man. You know, I don't damn care. I don't care if you can see the cellulite. Yeah. I earned that cellulite. Right. And so I'm just going to show it off with pride. Boom. So that's what I've got going on today. And I think, um, yeah, it'll be a fun topic today to just like figure out ways to beat the heat, things that you can eat while you're cool. I'm like using it as a full excuse to just make tons of infused water. Oh, and good I idea. I just want to have like big, I, I want to be that person with yeah. carafts of beautiful infused water in my fridge. Like I want to open it up and be like, Oh, it's I've a spa. Been, yeah, I've oh, been obsessed spa with like, my how house. my fridge looks. I want my fridge to look inviting and wonderful. And so I just want my not to smell. Oh, because I can't. There is a mystery thing that I have cleaned it out twice now. I don't know. Something fell somewhere and oh, I can't find it. You got to get a little dish of baking soda going on in I there. Think that's a smart idea. That maybe would help. But I want to have just like mint and cucumber and lemon and strawberries and all that stuff in water and so that'll keep me hydrated <laughs> that's my plan i don't know it i sounds don't know good doesn't it It does sound good i like the idea and it's a good one um <laughs> i uh i was beating the heat yesterday by driving because my car has reliable air conditioning yes <laughs> so jake and i actually drove to wisconsin and uh, got some Wisconsin beer for a friend. I saw that on your Insta story that you yeah. were in Wisconsin, and I was wondering what you were doing. Yep, we went to go. I went to go get some new Glarus for a friend who is, you know, uh, who is in need. And so I thought I'd cheer up with That's some really nice some Wisconsin beer. Okay, which new Glarus do you buy? Because we all know new Glarus beer can only be purchased in Wisconsin. There have yes. been some real like shady things. There was a time when there was a bar in New York that would serve it oh. because the guy um, who owned the bar was like a former badger. And so he would send a big refrigerated truck to pick up New Glarus and then sell it in his bar, which you're not allowed to do. No. And he got, um, but it was great. But that happened here locally too. Yeah. The Maple Tavern. See? In Maple Grove. You're not supposed to bring it in no, and sell it. You well, can bring it in. Right. There's, it. Yeah, you can drink it all you want. But see, you I... You could sell the cups maybe. The New Glarus spotted <laughs> cow. Yeah, no kidding. I always... Um, you know, New Glarus Spotted Cow was like legendary when I was in college. That yeah. was like, that was probably like the first sort of craft beer that I ever had because I went to school in Wisconsin and we were drinking, you know, like Miller Lite out of kegs and Rolling Rock was right. a big deal. Oh God. Horrendous. Yes. And then I remember new, tasting New Glarus and being like, wait a second, like beer isn't bad. Yeah. I'm just drinking bad beer. Mm-hmm. And I loved Spotted Cow, but then as I've gotten older, I actually really don't like Spotted Cow very much. <laughs> I like their other beers that they make much better at um, New Glarus. Like, what's the one I like? Oh, Moon Man. Moon, Moon Man, Man is, is the Moon best. Man is, Moon Man is good. I yes. bought Spotted Cow just because you're right. It's a lager. It's an easy drinker for the hot days, I yeah. thought. But that is kind of the whole... My whole thing with Spotted Cow was I always used to drink it. Well, it's... I mean, my college days, <laughs> we had Point Beer, which is... Sad. Stevens Point beer, oh. which if any of you know, I don't know what that is. Oh God. And back in the day, back in the early nineties, so bad. <laughs> it was just, it was just swill. And also something <laughs> called Goebbels or Goebbels or something like that or, oh, or Goebbels. And so I, my first craft beer was Sam Adams. Like when yeah. that first came out and everyone was like, I mean, that was like the first time we were like, wait a minute, beer can have flavor. I also remember that about the first time I tasted blue moon with yes. an orange in it. I was yeah. like, wait oh, a minute. This is good. I'm not just drinking this to like to get a stomachache and a buzz. Right. <laughs> like, think of how much. Think of how many calories as college kids we oh. wasted on like 
you know, Miller Genuine Draft and Bad stuff like that. Beer and Zima. P.S. Zima. We love Zima. Oh man! <laughs> if I could have a, I, you know, I might want a Zima. I, I know. don't know. I, I I am always intrigued by those things that I used to like, and to see what I would feel about them now. Uh, I will tell you that when last time I had a Zima was in Japan because they sell them in uh, Osaka at all the. Um, uh, at all the stands for the uh, oh god the takoyaki which are those octopus sort of oh, fritters oh yeah and these these balls of oct- fried octopus and batter I'm in it's pretty good yeah that's but there's amazing. always a Zima bottle there and I'm like how are you not gonna order Zima with takoyaki in Japan <laughs> like how do you not do that <laughs> so that was my last that was my last foray oh gosh so we drove we drove to Wisconsin we hit the Mall of America on the way back okay. And hit the movie theater, the new movie theater. That's right. And it was, we saw, I hadn't seen Han Solo yet. I know. I am like, I'm like, that is like heresy for me. I haven't seen any. any I know, but like, I'm like a movie freak and a Star Wars freak. I just, everything didn't align. Anyway, it aligned last night. Saw it. Loved it. I don't know if anybody has any problems with it, but I don't know why they would. And they, but here's the deal with this movie theater now. It is pretty plush. It's okay. So isn't it like 25 bucks a ticket? No, it's I, less than that. I don't know. You know what? I I used two free passes that I had, okay. so that's a bummer that well, I didn't I'll find, have to out. Look up the find prices. out. Yeah, because I think that was the original idea, but then I think it's normal prices. I think it's the same old ten bucks that it's always been. Okay, great. You know, but we walked up. We got a couple seats. I didn't have to, you know, reserve ahead of time. We just sort of walked up and said we want to sit here. And there was, uh, you go in and you go into the marketplace and Jake ordered a big slice of pizza. I ordered some nachos. Great. Grilled chicken and the chicken was actually grilled. It was like grilled to order. Like not like, like frozen grilled chicken no, that's microwaved. No. It was like it came off of the flat top. Interesting. I know. So it might have been it might have been par grilled and then reheated. I don't know. But I mean it was a little bit, but I'm just saying like it was a hot and juicy fresh piece of little chunks of chicken on top, which is again like, that's not movie theater food, right? Yeah. Yep. So I was very pleased by that. I do think it was hard. And then what I love about those seats is they have a tray that folds in front of you. And so you can set your food down because you're obviously eating like a piece of pizza and some nachos. It's For not sure. exactly nap or lap. It's not just like hold a bucket of popcorn. Right, right. So it was kind of, it was great. So it was a good, I, I mean, if you're going to need to escape the heat... I would say Mall of America is a prime spot. The original conversation about the movie theater at Mall of America was that tickets were going to be $25. I remember hearing that, yeah. but uh, now they say on their website, admissions are between 5 and $14. Yeah. $8 special pricing for senior citizens. And then if you, um, they have $5 all day admission on Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Tuesdays are the days that the teens like to go to yeah, the Mall of America. that's brilliant. Five bucks, all, you can watch like, you can go to like a string of movies for 20 bucks. Totally. And they have an in-house pizza station and yeah. a delicate pizza. The pizza is really good. It's flat. It's New York style. I mean, Jake curled up, you know, like a big yeah. old slice, and that was just that was just decent. Listen, I like bad pizza too. So, well, like, who, I like there, bad pizza. Is there a pizza like you wouldn't pizza. eat? No. Is I mean, there a pizza anybody would be like? No, I don't. Have you ever met someone who's like, okay. no, I don't like pizza? You know, I will say though, there was one time that, um, and I maybe I shouldn't name it, but maybe I will. That my husband and I were watching The Bachelor because that's our regular thing on Monday nights. Yeah. This was like a couple seasons ago. Yeah, and we got taken by those ads. For Pizza Hut with their the the crust that's stuffed with little like cheese stuffed bites. So you like pull oh, yeah, off a bite. Like, it's almost like a monkey bread. So I kid you not, I had like some amazing quinoa bowl like ready to go. And yeah. then we saw this ad and we were like, we're grownups. Let's save what we made for tomorrow night. Let's order this pizza. This looks so great. We are adults. We can do whatever we can. the heck no we want. No one is telling us not to. It's amazing. And so we ordered this pizza and took 
like two bites and threw it away. It was so bad. And that's the only time that's ever happened. And we kept saying, we like bad pizza. I know. What's going what on What was here? wrong with it? It just tasted horrible. It was, it was just horrible. And, and so, weird. yeah, it was not my thing. Well, I will Sorry, tell you pizza. that when Domino's switched to their, when they were like, oh, we heard you and we're launching this new pizza line and everything was new and they... They brushed the, the, I don't know if they still do it because I have never gone back, but they yeah. brushed it with some garlicky, they brushed oh. the crust with some weird garlic oil. Sort of trying to like play on Papa John's with yeah, their good garlic th- dipping sauce, which I is amazing. So. But they do it on the, but they put it on the crust for you. Yeah. And for me, that has nothing but a chemical tang. Yeah. I can't eat it. We, I, you know, I had, I was alone with my littles last night and so we ordered Pizza Luce and I just always love pizza luce yeah i just think it's like really solid and it just it delivers well yeah it like shows up well and they have that wild mushroom blend that you can get you should always like scroll down to the bottom of the online ordering and get the wild mushrooms with your like pepperoni and your sausage and it's like their sauce is good everything just tastes good i never feel like it's excessively salty i don't wake up in the morning feeling so puffy after i eat it no and um and they just they just do good, consistent things, and they've done it for a long time, which makes me happy with Pizza Luce. Do you ever eat Red Savoy? Yes. Because Red Savoy, the fact that they've bloomed into this franchise, yes. I think is a positive thing. I I know that it's not sophisticated pizza, right? but it's, I mean, to me, it has such a great sauce. First of all, the sauce is king. Yeah. And then I am just, I just, the continued freshness of that cheese on mm-hmm. top, because there's so much of it, that's the point. If you're going to put that much, it has to be really good cheese. It and is really, it really is. good. I do feel like I feel a little weighed down after I eat Red Savoy. I mean, right. No, <laughs> that one is, just fine. you know what that one is? That one is a January pizza. That yes, is a pizza you're right. for you're sitting on your couch, you're snowed in, yep. that's the pizza you Luce want. Luce is like a year-round, yep. you can salad. actually sub it as a meal yep. and get a salad on the side and, and feel then, pretty like, good. Young Joni's a pizza that you like, it's like a fun pizza for just hanging out, you know? And I know. Like, it's, it could be summer. It could be going date night. And then Punch is my version of that for summer. Punch is so great. And I recently um, posted on my Insta story, like the joy that I had about Punch when I went in there, went to the Highland Park location with my kids and my husband. And we went in and I sat down and I was like, oh, I'm going to order a glass of wine. And the glass of wine, Stephanie March was $4.75. Boom. I looked and that at is like it. a fat little short glass. And it's glass. a fat glass. And I, it's a healthy pour. And yes. it's $4.75. And I looked and I was deciding between two. Yes. And the lovely waitress said to me, hold on. Let me bring you taste. She brought me a... <laughs> she, and she had no idea who I was. It wasn't no, like, a, oh, no. that woman's oh, on TV. It Greece, was nothing right? like that, right, guys. Right. She brought me... A taste test for a $4.75 glass of wine. I was looking around and I was going, what kind of universe have I been missing out on? Yeah. You know, I am so conditioned at this point to the 11 or $12 the 11 glass do- of wine. Yeah, I know, I know. That when I see four seventy five, I mean, I sucked that puppy down so fast and ordered a second. Your head would spin. You don't even know what happened. Oh, my God. But punch pizza, four seventy five glass of wine, and a great pizza. The key with punch, though, is I don't think it travels well. I think punch needs to be eaten in a punch. I'm so good. So Jake and I just had punch this week after not having it for probably like five months. Mm-hmm. And mainly for that reason. Like, I won't go pick it up. But I had it. We were sitting there. I was like, let's just eat it in. And we sat in and I was like, I have forgotten how, how great it is, this is right when it's out of the oven. Yes. What's your you pizza? Get, Which one do you get? Um, the whatever one has pepperoni and on it. Salsiche, maybe? Oh, gosh. I can't remember. Mine is the Toto. I always oh, the get toto. the Toto. Yes. I love the Toto, the too. The Toto with the, with the arugula? Yes. That, yeah, we get it. that one. We usually get a couple because we're obsessed. And my children, like, wolf down that rosemary bread 
so fast. And then, um, and I, that punch salad to me is so good. It's so simple. It's like four things, but every (laughs) bit of it is delicious. I think this is good to talk about because you know what you don't want to do? Heat up your oven. So get Right. This is where I am right now. And we're going to have, we have a whole segment talking about that coming up. So you guys stay tuned. We have a great show. I'd like to dedicate this show to the uh, members and the journalists at the Capitol Gazette. I think that is wonderful. And so let's just all hearts and minds and thoughts and prayers and just good vibes towards journalism. All over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Weekly Dish, and we're brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Filling in for Steph Hansen. Can you believe, by the way, that this is the last day of June? <laughs> yes, I can, because I'm a lifelong Minnesotan, and yeah. summer goes by before you even know yeah. it. I you will know. say having little kids has slowed it down a little bit because well, I'm really um, I'm not over scheduling. And yeah. we just that's a big trend right take now. It weekend. Somebody wrote an article about how there's many people not over scheduling. And I wasn't we're never we've never been over schedulers. That's great. I've always been like, it's time for you to rat your brain on TV and do nothing. <laughs> I mean, just do it. Just like go lay in the yard. And and I'm not even like be creative. This is the other thing when people are like I don't over schedule. But then you force your children like I need you to read seven books and I need you to do three art projects. Think creatively for two hours a day. And I'm like, that's over schedule. I know. Just don't schedule. Just yeah. see what happens yeah. and have maybe some ideas of what sounds fun. That's kind of how I've been going into this weekend. I'm yeah. solo parenting this weekend, so I'm kind of just <laughs> you are. taking it day by day. It will go faster, too, when the kids get to school because school doesn't get out halfway until, like, you know, into June. I know. So then all of a sudden you're like, well, we're just catching our breath and it's <laughs> July 4th. So. And it's July. I know. Hey, I wanted to talk a little bit about, without getting too political, without getting too crazy about it all, I just wanted to talk about... Uh, the situation that happened in Virginia recently with the Red Hen restaurant and about uh, how, uh, you know, obviously the owners asked Sarah Sanders Huckabee, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yep. That one. Mm-hmm. Um, Huckabee to, Sanders. Huckabee Sanders to leave the restaurant. And there have been, you know, obviously the reasons behind it, um, you know, were because they felt uncomfortable. Her employees, the employees felt uncomfortable and it became, of course, a big national uproar. Yeah, they disagree with Sarah Sanders' political ideology yes. and um, and the messages that she puts out to the country on behalf of the president. Yes. And so the owners decided that they would rather not have her in their establishment. What do you think about that? What was your point? It, it, it sparked a national fervor, of course, of course, on all sides. Yeah, I don't, I mean... I don't like it because I think when we're in the business of hospitality, it is you are there in a place of service. And so my thought is that um, I, my thought is that the the owners of the restaurant are more than welcome to tell Sarah Sanders what they think about her as a public servant. Mm-hmm. That being said, I still think they should offer her service. So that was sort of my gut feeling on it. I mean, I thought if it, being able to provide service to anyone, I think is important regardless mm-hmm. of, politics that being said you know i mean the the struggle that you have is that if like a leader of the ku klux klan came in right and they decided not to serve them technically it's because they disagree with their ideology and so would you feel differently about it you know it's a real it's a real slippery slope and there's a piece of it and actually that's what danny meyer called it danny meyer said it's a slippery slope and he sort of said that that she should have been served yeah um, that being th- said, if she was on her way out the door and they wanted to say, hey, listen, let me pull you aside. Can I can I have a minute of your time to tell you what I think about the messages that you're sending? You're a citizen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there's there's the other side is saying that that and, and this is the part of it where the employer has the right to sort of protect the 
um, their employees. Mm-hmm. And if these employees are saying, I don't feel comfortable serving this person, that was part of the argument that, that the employer can't force you to like if there's if there's someone who is harassing you at the table, they can't force you to continue service. You, the employer is supposed to caretake the employees right. and create a safe environment, help do whatever they can to create a safe environment so that that person can do their job. So there's that argument. A lot of people are saying that that you can't force someone to do this. That now, being said, you you kind of can though. I mean, you can't like your employee your employee can't be like, well, Stephanie, I don't like fat people, and right. that person weighs four hundred pounds, right. so I won't serve them. Well, my worry is that then does that open the door for someone who is an employee who doesn't have who has different political beliefs to say, well, I don't really believe that I should be able to serve those lesbians. I don't have to serve those lesbians, right? And I know that the difference is I discrimination know, versus right. not, and the other difference is something that you can control versus something you can't control, mm-hmm. like being you know being gay is something that is just part of your life versus saying things that are incendiary is different. I get that too. But these are all the arguments I'm just trying to present. But what's interesting to me is I think I kind of get to the point where I thought about I I think that she should have said, I will serve you personally today because my employees don't feel comfortable serving you. Yeah. And I will take care of your table. And then I think she should have just done a very efficient and polite service, not overly warm if that's not being fake. Yeah. And then at the end of the evening saying, I'm sorry that we can't serve you anymore, you know, any and say, I would like to invite you not to return if that was something that was that important to her. Mm-hmm. But I think that you go through the service because hospitality is hospitality. Right. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. I don't know though. It is a rough one because here's the other part of it. A lot of places in my mind, because of the way that restaurants have turned and churned and, and every, and because that is such a, you know, a vibrant part of our culture because people eat so many times a day and they go out so much and because the restaurant workforce is the second largest workforce in the country after the government. Right. There is a whole it's 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 like a churning pot. Right. And so the social justice that is assigned to a lot of restaurants right now is a big part of the reason that they do things Mm -hmm. like we talk about Jay Selby's and that is definitely a vegan restaurant that is offering people vegan food. And they have a mission of not serving meat because they believe meat is bad. And they have a mission of getting more people to not eat meat. Yes. Absolutely. And that is one of the things. And so all of that. And then I think there's another. Actually, I have an article out in the June issue about how a lot of these, a lot of places, um, I think, who have these social justice missions, forget about the guests, though. They're very focused on their employees and their mission. And I think that's a good swing to the other side. But I think that we have to come back because a lot of times they care more about the mission and their employees than they do about the guest. Mm-hmm. And the guest isn't going to come back. And the guest is the reason that you can have a mission. You're right. You're absolutely right. And welcoming people with different um, points of view and coming from different places and then showing them through kindness and food and hospitality what your mission is about is the best way to change minds. This is I really literally there's two restaurants that I named in. Uh, in the uh, article I wrote, one was Fig and Farrow and one was uh, Justice. Yeah. And both of they, both of them have missions. Fig and Farrow, their mission is to change the footprint, the carbon footprint and affect climate change. That's their number one reason. My mom and I went or my mom went and she, you know, sat there. She said, we sat there. They left. They sat there for half an hour. Nobody talked to them. And finally, when the woman came and dropped a menu, she, they started asking questions about it. And they were, she was like, I don't really know. I haven't had any of this food. I don't really know what it's all about. Whoa. And so I was like, well, I don't, I don't think we can trust you with our dollars. <laughs> and she left. So it was, uh, it was, you know, those are things like, yeah. there's other things too, where it's like, if you're, 
if you're um, a place that is about, you know, paying people the right wage and, and empowering them to be, you know, strong people in the industry, I am for that. But you have to couple that with caring about the people. Who Absolutely. Are there. I think you're totally right. And I think, you know, the last time I was here was in the wake of um, the death of Anthony Bourdain. And we talked so much about him. And I think he almost puts a little bow on this conversation in terms of his mission and storytelling was to show that through food, we are more alike than we are different. Yeah. And you can take that mission into any restaurant. You can take that into your home. You can take that into conversations at the farmer's market, at the grocery store. I mean, anything. Food is what unites us. And The trouble with this, I think that was so hard with the Red Hen and the Sarah Sanders situation is that instead of using an opportunity to unite us, it made us even more divided. And I think that that is um, sad when it comes to what should come out of dining together. Yeah. Yep. I do. I agree. So I love that statement. All right, we're going to take, then we're not going to make any more political statements because <laughs> that's yeah, not that political. Wasn't even very political. No, no yeah. that's my point is like, it's really about service and it's about hospitality. And I will always and forever be a champion for hospitality because I think that's all we're losing the art. Yes, we are. And I, I believe that serving other people from the goodness of your heart or from a perspective of a job is something that makes us all a little better. Boy, and talk about that. I mean, you talk about that in the restaurants, talk about that in your marriages, talk yeah. about that in your parenting. Yeah. Talk about that in your relationships with your friends and your family. Yeah. Service is just such a beautiful thing. Being able to give something to others and making that your most important mission. It's the most fulfilling thing in life. Yeah. And I don't know why it keeps getting demonized. It does because people, because people are very egocentric now and it's all about me and it's about what I'm doing and what my pictures are. How many likes do I have? I, how many likes I have? <laughs> and so then they start to believe that. Then and they sort of demonize service like these poor people have to serve these other people. Oh no! I know. I always chose it. Sorry. I'm I'm sorry that way. <laughs> oh gosh. There. But you know what? The good thing is you can find really great examples of amazing service all yes. over the Twin Cities. I like fangirled over my waitress at Moochie's who I had the first time and then I had her the second time and then I made a total disaster Did of myself because I was like, you're so great and oh. you're so awesome and <laughs> you were here the last time and she didn't remember me and she pretended and she was so nice. <laughs> I love that. They do a great job. I there. love it. Hey, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to give you our garden updates but yeah. and we're going to talk chicks. We'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Steph March. I have Elizabeth Reese. Hello, my friends. Oh, I love being here. It's so nice to talk food with you, especially this time of year. I, I don't know why I say that because it's every time of year I say it's that. It's every time it's, of year. Guess when I want to be eating? Well, 365 days a year. But don't you think that in a little bit of a way you are, um, you know, you're more attached to your food this time of year because you're growing your food. Because I'm growing it. This is exactly I think it's right. True. Yeah, you get more into it than just going out and pay, then buying it, which you do all the time. Yeah. But then there's something about, I literally walked into my garden, you guys, and I was like, oh, here's a little bit of a cauliflower. <laughs> like, I, like the tiniest little cauliflower thing oh. was starting to bud and I was just freaking out. It's like, so exciting. There's something about it. It really is fun. I think there's something so important about getting your hands in the dirt and being able to... Um, to grow something. And I, I just, I try to spend like at least 10 or 15 minutes a day. You know, yesterday it was after I put the kids to bed and it's light so late. So I just went out and was weeding for like 15 minutes and just like, it sounds so cheesy, but it is whatever you can do in your life that makes you feel like you're just in the moment and Mm -hmm. you're not thinking about anything else Mm -hmm. is a moving meditation. I mean, that's what it is. Like, I'm not going to sit down and meditate. I'm not really interested in that, Mm -mm. but finding those things that keep me present are really important. And for me, gardening is totally, that is totally it. And so I just was out pulling weeds 
and looking around and I am never, I never cease to be amazed, particularly by plants that vine. Like try to grow as many things as you can that vine. So I have a lot of trellises. I grow up, you know, and particularly when it comes to cucumbers and squash and those little shoots that come out of cucumbers and squash plants and search for something to spirally wind themselves around is if you don't believe in God or the divine, (laughs) you, you cannot have a disbelief in that when you look at those plants and doing what they are meant to do. It's unbelievable. It is. It's crazy. It like makes me tear up in the garden, which is so pathetic, but shows you that I'm like, you know, I'm a mother of young children, so I'm highly emotional all the time anyway. But also I I do, I had these, I have vining cucumbers, I have vining squash, I've got, now I have vining sweet potatoes. Yeah. I'm totally in a place where I, I, they're like, vining to the weeds and holding on to the weeds. I was I like, should I pull the weed? I feel bad about pulling the weed. This guy's holding on to the weed. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, this guy needs this weed, so I think I should leave it, you know? I totally have this feeling like they're, like they're it's their garden. It's actually the vine's garden. It's their garden and their babies. And you know, the definition yeah. of weed is only a plant that grows where you don't want it to grow. Yeah. I mean, anything could be a weed. It's just a matter of something growing where you don't want it. So yeah. if you, um, you will feel better about weeds when you get a really good compost situation going on, because mm. then you just yank them out, pour them in the compost, and then they're going to end up making something good. I know. Mm-hmm. I need to work on the compost. I thing. just bought a three bin system. So I have two of those little rolling, um, plastic bins that you put compost in that I find work, but they don't have enough capacity for me. And um, they take a long time to turn it into compost. How long is your average compost turn? Oh gosh, it takes like a year. And then, I mean, it takes a long time. So at the end of the, the fall, I'll take all of my, um, Everything that comes out of the chicken coop, yep. I will just put it in a bed and just work it in. And there's a certain number of days, I forget, it's like 180 or something days that you can put like raw chicken poo into your raised bed before you plant the next time well, we are, that, it's, right, that right. it's safe to do. So mm-hmm. if you do it in the fall, then by the time the spring comes along, you're in good shape. Yeah. Um, but I have to choose which bed according to what I'm not using all the way till the end. So it's a little bit of strategy that goes on, but I just got, I, I've ordered these, this three bin system, which you could easily make yourself, but I didn't because I don't have time to do that. <laughs> right. I have time for some things and not for other things um, where it's basically like wire boxes essentially that sit next to each other that I'll have one to add fresh stuff in. Okay. One where the compost is cooking and then the other one of compost that I can put right into the garden. So that seems to be the system of the setup if you have some space for it, which you totally do. I know. I know. So you could do that. You can put grass clippings and leaves and then all of your kitchen waste. And when you start collecting compost out of your kitchen, you'll be like amazed at how much stuff you can keep out of the garbage and out of the landfill and like actually make it into something good. We have compost we have a composting system with the garbage people that yeah, we do. Yeah, so that's we like that we're already yeah, we're already like separating out. And that's the thing is I was thinking, what if we're since we're already separating out, I should just be doing it in the backyard. Yeah. And then you can use a compost pile. Yeah. But you have to turn it. Like you have to fork You have to turn it just on occasion. It. Yeah. And you just have to make sure it stays um wet it has to stay moist so you just when you're watering the garden i mean generally with rain you're probably in pretty good shape but when you're watering the garden you can just like toss a little water on it and then you just take a pitchfork or a shovel and you just kind of i mean turning it doesn't have to be that big of a production it's just like a few quick like doop 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 Doop, you know doops yeah yeah if you make that noise if you have some doops 
you can make this happen. Yeah, but everything's growing. It's really exciting. My zucchini, I've got little tiny ones that are like three inches Do long. Do you already? Um, so yeah, those will be ready to go soon. I consistently underestimate how large one zucchini plant gets. And yeah. then I'm like, holy hell, this thing's taking up yes. so much room. Yes. I need like a separate spot in my yard for it. Have you ever grown Brussels sprouts? I did Brussels sprouts last year and I wasn't super successful with them. Mine are going pretty good right That's now. That's good. But they're... I mean, they're like, they took, a, I mean, like, they're huge. They're massive. I didn't realize how big they were going to get. Ugh. Did you stake them or did you just let them grow tall? I let them grow tall and you should stake them because oh, I okay. think that's what happened to mine is they started going all wonky and yeah, wayward. Yeah, mine, mine are like, I have one or two that's starting to go yeah. a little bit weird. And my decided, problem hmm. last year was that my garden was, it, it, I was filled with great intentions and then I had a baby on the 4th of July and then things I got mean, to be a little bit more challenging after that. It's a little bit weird. So my harvest last year was a little depressing because I just was a mess but yeah. you know whatever but this year my new crops are turnips i've never grown turnips before so i'm growing those oh. which is really exciting so you can do you know i can eat the greens yep. um oh yeah i've got tons of swiss chard going right now so i, I do was too asking about um on instagram people's suggestions for using it and a lot of people were telling me about um rick bayless's recipes for swiss chard tacos yeah pickled it's supposed to be so great. Yeah. You pickle Swiss chard. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I'm going to do that this weekend. That's actually on my project list. Oh, that's fantastic. Yep. Actually, I learned it from Doug Flicker a million years ago at like we did a taste, you know, like, uh, you know, one of those festival things. And he was doing, yeah. and he pickled Swiss chard. And I was like, oh, that's wicked, ridiculously easy. So he does just the stems. Yeah, he that's just did the, you stem. do the stems. But you can, and then you cook the leaves. Like yeah. you do like wilted spinach or like escarole, you know? Oh, this is great. Bon Appetit has a yeah. um, recipe for it. David Leibovitz has one. Yep, yep. Food 52. So tons of them. Oh, that's a great idea. Yep. Pickled Swiss chard. And then a lot of people were talking about cooking um, Swiss chard with chickpeas. It's oh. really great. So I was thinking about doing... Um, like a pasta with some, you know, little ears as my children love the orecchiette. The they love it. And then um, I thought I could do some like Italian sausage, some chickpeas, Swiss chard, a bunch of garlic, and then just a whole bunch of herbs and olive oil as a pasta. Yes. And then let's be honest, I'll uh, add some cheese to it for sure. And probably a little splash of cream because why not? Why not? I mean, my God. Yeah. Um, that sounds kind of amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, Swiss chard. And what else do you have in your garden? Um, Gosh, I've got all sorts of other greens. I mean, kale. I've got tons. My lettuce is great. I have five kinds of tomatoes, which are not nearly ready. One could plant I'm very concerned about because I see no tomatoes. I only see tons of leaves. Um, yeah. But my other ones, I'm seeing some tomatoes, so I should be getting some ripe within the next yeah. few weeks. I I'm have an hoping. early girl that is just laden with greenies. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And it's just heavy. Yeah. So I'm just trying to, I'm like waiting for, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit of sun to kind of give her a little push. Tons but. of herbs. Uh, the cucamelon I'm really excited about. Yes, That's a I'm new excited one for about me that. this year. I did I the cucamelon, which they're, they're little tiny. They look like little tiny watermelons, but they're citrus yeah. cucumbers, and you can use them in cocktails. You can use them. I, I don't really know how else I'm going to use them, but I'm going to bring you a whole bunch of them because I see they're like the cutest little tiny watermelons I've ever seen. Yeah, what do we call those? There was another name for it last time we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, it I was forget. like sashidas or something, something like that. Something like that. We'll find out. Hey, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to, it's the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So give us a call, 651-641-1071. If you have gardening questions, you have comments, you have all sorts of chicken questions. Chicken questions. We are going to break down some chicken stuff in a little bit too. So. Like live ones. Live, I mean, we yeah. can talk cooking chicken too. Yeah. All right. Also, egg layers. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's Weekly Dish on Saturday morning. We are in the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So give us a call. Yes. 651 
641-1071. Send us a little note on the Facebooks. I forgot to do a question this morning. Sorry, everyone. Hey, if you have any questions. <laughs> Some days, you know, you just sort of make it. And that's <laughs> the deal that we got today. But we do have a couple callers on the line. So let's get to Rebecca first. Hey, Rebecca, what's going on today? Hey, girls, I have a quick question about farmer's market. Okay. Yeah. So I went to our local Woodbury one that's on Sundays. Um, and there were maybe like six tents and that was it. And normally we have a lot more than that. Is it just a bad time of year because we have such a late winter? Boy, I don't know Mm. because I'm going to go to Mill City today. I've been to St. Paul a couple times and St. Paul is packed and jammed. Oh, is it? Okay. It might be. I mean, I think some of those suburban satellite markets maybe are tougher than others. And it depends on if the farmers think it's really worth it for them to go. I was going to okay. say, yeah, they, a lot of times when the satellite markets, if they ha- don't have staff, like they don't have enough people to staff them because they try to go to the bigger ones and then they, and then branching out to the other places, they need to hire people to do that. So it could be a staffing issue. And it could also okay. be, I mean, you know, a lot of the, the earlier markets, I mean, when not everything is going, is packed with people who are making goods, right? I mean, it's not as much of the fresh produce. So maybe you'll get more out there. Boy, that's a bummer. I don't yeah. know. I don't know about Woodbury. How late does the St. Paul one stay open until? I think it's 2. 2 p.m. Yeah. is usually standard. Oh, Generally awesome. 2 o'clock, so you can make it. In, and St. Paul, remember, runs Saturday and Sunday. Um, Mill City runs just Saturday. just Saturday. But the Minneapolis Farmer's Market is all week. Yeah. Every day. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Okay. Thank all you right. so much. Thanks, Rebecca. Happy Farmer's Market shopping. Mill City, I got an email from them. They've got all sorts of fun stuff going on. They do a lot of really great programming yes like they were having yoga on the lawn today at nine and then they've got you know they've got like story time for kids and they have musicians and and do you know that they are doing tuesday nights at the commons downtown minneapolis i think we talked about that last yes it is it is i'm sorry but it is a cool like i would happily avoid traffic to go hang out in the commons on a tuesday night and like hang out with the farmer's market my only complaint about mill city farmer's market is i just want it to be bigger i they got to figure out how to take over more space because they've grown so much yeah I think I'm going to go looking for scapes. Okay, we have Lily on the line. Lily, are you there? Hi. You yes, got, I am. You got a garden question. Hit us up. Yes, okay. Um, I love watermelon radishes, but I can't find them anywhere. And I did buy some on Amazon, like the seeds. Yeah. And I don't know. They're, they're about uh, two inches right now yeah. by maybe an inch or two inches wide. How long does it take, do you think? Um, or how big are they supposed to get? Well, watermelon radishes can get really big. I mean, you can see them really big. But I would start picking some. Pick one and taste it and see how it feels. You know, I'm like... I'm a classic garden hoarder that I'm trying to stop doing where I love to like plant things and then just look at it and then be like, okay, when am I going to eat I, it? I I'm have not going to eat it yet. Yeah. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait to eat it. And then I was, I'm like, what am I doing? Like start yeah. eating it. And I actually learned that, um, this week on Twin Cities Live, we were talking with Beth Dooley about um, turnips, and she harvests turnips early and does baby turnips that are essentially like radishes. Yeah. That you can cook them or not. You can just slice them up and eat them. So a lot of these plants, it's really great to eat them in different stages and kind of see how you like them. Now, radishes, the tricky thing is if you let them go too long, they get super they get, woody. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, so I would say uh, right now, the the like the two inches that you're describing, pick one out, try it, see it, and then just keep trying them every few days. 
Okay, yeah, they're so beautiful. Do you know where if they sell them anywhere? Because I've looked everywhere for them. A lot I of farmers to- markets will sell them. Yeah, I mean, you, I know you can get them. Like I've, I've seen them at them. Whole Foods, actually. Yeah, and I've seen them at Mill City. But I think you do have to call and find out who's got them and at what time of year too. Okay, but you're oh, right. They're, they're beautiful. beautiful, and they're so like the when you slice them thin with a mandolin and like put them on a salad, they're like total showstoppers. Oh. Well, to tell you the truth, uh, when I go to the airport, I go to the place where they sell salads, and I think they're from Cerdix, and they actually, I buy a couple of salads because they have the watermelon radishes on it, and so I pay like 10 bucks for a salad, but I don't care. I need those radishes. Oh, you're the cutest. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You need like a watermelon radish t-shirt or something. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Lily. That was nice. I know. I totally would. I mean, those, those, and they're so beautiful, too. They're just beautiful. I know. I know. And they are around because a lot of restaurants have been using them. They use them on their veggie platters yeah. for dip, you know, because they hold up so nicely. And you can still pop them in the ground. I mean, radishes go so fast That's that you true. can still put things in in seeds. You know, if you're thinking um, that it's too late to start a garden, it's really not. It's absolutely, you can get in on it. And I saw Eggplant Urban Farm Supply in St. Paul, which is um, one of my favorite spots. I get a lot of, I get all my chicks there and... They're just a really great resource, yeah. too. Um, they have half off all of their vegetable plants right now. Right. It's a good time. And it just went last weekend, so I'm sure they still have some. And I love to swoop in at the end um, of the season and just, like, pick some different things that maybe I didn't, you know, maybe something died. You know, like I had one kale plant that didn't make it for some reason, so I've got one little hole. So that means I've got real estate for a little something oh extra. Oh, my God, right? So, You're totally, like, maximized. Yeah, what else can I put in there? So don't think that it's too late to get things started. Let's Let's get a chick update from you quickly. Chick, 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 chick. chick. I've got a new flock of chicks this summer, and they are almost four weeks old. They, um, there are four of them, and so they'll be moving out to the backyard to their coop in about two weeks. Where have they been? You're supposed. They live in the basement in a brooder (laughs) box. Thank you for asking. Under a heat lamp. Which is funny that I have my air conditioning at full blast and then I have a heat lamp. So let's not talk about no, my bizarre yeah, energy usage right now. Right, but that's right. just how it's going. And I can't put them anywhere else in my house due to children, children and dog concerns. So and dogs. that's where they are. But right. um, they're doing great. They're growing really fast. I post a lot about them on my Instagram account, which is just Eliz Reese, R-I-E-S, yeah. if you're interested and you want to... Um, see what they're up to, but it's so fun. You know, they don't lay eggs until they're about six months old. So it's definitely like an investment. Yes. Um, but I just watched a story this week that CBS this morning did on um, all of these like super techie, brilliant, really rich people in yeah. Silicon Valley who are um, building chicken coops in their backyard because they're finding the interaction with chickens and the connection to their food to be so calming. And wow. just like relaxing, and it's the way that they unplug at the end of the day. It was really wow. fascinating. Yeah, it was really fascinating. I, mean, I feel like saying "duh," you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's hard. You know, when you get stuck in a lane, especially yeah. especially the tech world, which is all consuming for a lot of people. For sure, having that moment and stepping outside, I would be happy to build Elon Musk. Uh, you know, a <laughs> lovely little chicken coop so that he could possibly connect to humans yes. or something other than space. Something other than space. I mean, you know, there's kind of a good way. Okay, mm-hmm. we have a couple other callers on Ooh, the line. We, Let's do we got it. Roberta, I think, on the line. Hey, Roberta, are you there? I am. What Hello. can we do for you today? Well, I'm neighbors with Bob and Audrey. They own a yeah. Eggplant Urban Farm Supply. I love Bob and Audrey. Well, this is for you. 
um, I went into the store once and I said, "Is Bob here or Audrey?" And he and they and they said, "Well, Bob is, but he's downstairs giving chicken class." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. When I say yeah. I went to chicken school, my professor was Bob. Professor Bob yeah. was it really taught me everything I know about chickens. Yes. Oh, that's so sweet. I They're really they are a so great funny. resource and like. No question is a dumb question. People always like will post questions to me about chickens and they'll be like, dumb question. What do you do about them in the winter? And I'm like, that's not dumb. You just no. don't know. Yeah. If you don't know, I didn't know either until I went to chicken school. You want a story? They have they have one whole solar panel on top of their chicken coop. Oh, yes. That's smart. That's super smart. I Thank you that. so Thanks much, for calling, Roberta. Roberta. Yeah, you can get solar powered doors to open and close your chicken coop on a timer. I think that's going to be the next thing that I invest in so I don't have to go out at five in the morning and let them out of their coop so yeah. that I can just. Is that what you're supposed to do? You have to let them out? Well, you have to let them out because you keep them in there so that they're protected, protected. from predators. Yeah. So I, um, so to let them out to have more space. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you know, at 5 a.m. Doesn't sound great. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's a little tough for me. All right, you guys. We are going to uh, wrap it up for the first hour. Thanks for hanging with us. We will be right back with the second hour of Weekly Dish. We've got a lot of fun stuff on deck, so stay tuned. We're going to talk about what to eat in the heat that won't kill your kitchen and uh, some interesting thing going on in the food world. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit.